Happy Tuesday. Oh, and it's also 111 right now. How fucking auspicious, y'all. Uh, 111. And um, so happy Tuesday. Happy August. Um, I'm excited for today. I, I've been doing, there's a lot of business stuff that I've been working on, like, um, like legal stuff. But um, I'm excited because I get to go on a hike today with my family. So I'm really excited about that. That should be happening in a couple hours. Um, so I'll be try to keep this one a little bit shorter because I got to get ready. But um, before I go into everything that I'm going to talk about today, um, I wanted to make two corrections because you know how people, we talk fast sometimes and inaccurate things come out of our mouths. <laughs> so two corrections that I wanted to make from yesterday um, and a different episode as well. But <clears throat> the first one is that Hitler was not 40 years ago. He <laughs> That shit was 80 to 90 years ago. So um, I made the mistake and said 40 to 50, but when I listened back, I was like, that's not accurate. <laughs> so uh, that was 80 years ago. I'm sure most people probably figured that out. Cause, yeah. And then the second thing was um, the Bible story that I had mentioned where I talked about the man who never died and the, how he went up in a chariot and um, now he's Metatron. I said Elijah, and, I'm, and no, that's not him. <laughs> it's Enoch. I, so they both start with E, so I can see why I mixed that up. But Enoch is the one who got taken up into the heavens and was never seen again. Um, well, until he, he, well, you can look up the rest of the story. It was just Enoch and not Elijah. <laughs> All right. So moving on, let's get to so the book that we're still reading every day. Um, uh, Earth Medicine, Ancestors Ways of Harmony for Many Moons by Jamie Sams. Today is the seventh moon, the seventh day. So the seventh day of the seventh moon. And the theme for today, it's just this little story. um, The theme is casual callousness. Okay. And then after that, I'll share another, a personal story that Source, the Spirit, wanted me to share. So, um, okay. Children played near the racks of drying meat where their mothers worked a short distance away preparing hides. It was a hot summer day and the cool river could, and the cool river would have been a blessing, (laughs) but there was much more work to be done. The women talked as they worked, but one wasn't talking. She was boasting. Sings too loud, that's her name, always bragged about her family and her manner irritated the other women. She never thought about how her comments might be seen as making less of others. Her casual callousness tended to create a separation between the women who usually worked together very well, mutually admiring one another's families. Grandmother Bluefeather was watching from the shade of a cottonwood tree, listening to Sings Too Loud, watching the effect of her callous words on a young mother whose only child had been made fun of by the casual negative comments. Grandma approached Sings Too Loud, asking her to follow the old one to the women's lodge. At the lodge, Grandmother Bluefeather's eyes filled with tears as she spoke to Sings Too Loud. Don't you see how you are hurting your sisters? You have been callous and unkind. Your words have cut the bonds of the circle of sisterhood in two. Why would you work so hard to destroy the love that these women hold for every member of this tribal family? The creator gave you a gift, sings too loud, and that gift should be used to sing the praises of the goodness you see in everyone. That praise is the love that holds any circle together. And that's, that's what's the thing for today. So, I mean, there's a lot there, right? Like, I mean, we're all kind of probably um, guilty of that. I know I'm guilty of this. <laughs> um, of being callous with our words 
and not always thinking about how they're going to land on others or, or just not really caring if we do think about that. So um, we see this in, in everyday life. We see this in many different ways that, that um, especially in like groups, like, well, this is a great example, groups of women. Women, we're like socialized to, um, to put each, it's called a, uh, horizontal hostility. Um, so horizontal hostility, it, it's a, that's a like social justice term or like a, it's a philosophical term when it comes to like kind of sociology, but, um, horizontal hostility is when there is an oppressive group. So for instance, all women are oppressed by all men, like socially, that's like the truth of this world as we know. And so when you have an, a, a, a group, for instance, women who can't, they can't take the power from the men above them by, you know, saying mean things or whatever, then what they do is they fire arrows across. So on the same level, so horizontally. So since you can't knock out the one that's oppressing you all vertically, you have to, what they do, people turn on each other and they, they, they attack each other that way um, to get out the anger of being oppressed by the ones they can't actually take out vertically. So um, that's kind of like the gist of horizontal hostility. And it's seen all the time. It's seen, it's, we talk about horizontal hostility a lot when it comes to people of color, because people of color um, historically have put each other down um, because they're all being oppressed by white people and they can't take out the white people. So if you can't take out the, the, the boss, then just start attacking everybody around you to get it out. And that's when you have like a great example from like the 2000s um, that was talked about a lot was um, how a lot of women of color, different, different, and these are, oh, five, five, five on the clock. These are different um, types of women of color, meaning like there's black women, there's um, Latino women, there's um, Asian American women, there's all like all the Indian women, um, Native American women, but essentially all of these women have been known in some way to put each other down um, because they're all being oppressed by the white man or the white woman. And um, so what, how, what that looks like in practice is a lot of women of color hiring, for instance, a great example that's always used in classes is like the, um, the black family or the um, uh, you know, Asian American family or the Native American family, or the um, Indian Amer American family, um, they hire, let's say, Latino um, housekeepers. And then they start to treat their Latino housekeeper as less than because they see the white person treating the Latino housekeeper as less than. And so what that does is it makes the black person who's being oppressed by the white person, maybe in, her, in their job or in their everyday life, it makes them feel better about themselves that they can put, that they get to put down somebody because that person's also being put down by another group that is, a, is above all of you all of us essentially. And so since the white, since the black family can't, um, become the white family with the power and the money and all that, this is just an example. Um, what they do is they try to be the white family in some way by using hostility, um, out of anger of not being able to have the power that they want to have. So that's like a great example that they use a lot of times in college classes and stuff, um, about how we were seeing in feminism, feminism especially, a lot of women of color were hiring a lot of Latino um, 
or immigrant uh, workers and treating them very, very poorly as if we wasn't also, we didn't come from slaves and had been the housekeepers ourselves. Like, that's that moving on up type shit where, you know, the the um, hires and the lowers, the what's it called? The us and the them, what's it? The haves and the have-nots. Yeah, so that whole idea of haves and have-nots, when we see it happening in black culture, I keep talking about black culture because that's where I, that's just my culture, but it's in all the p- people of color cultures <laughs> in this country. Um, and so, but that's not the only way that it happens. I'm just using that as an example. It's not always seen with just like housekeeper type situations. It's seen in how we treat each other at work. It's seen in how we treat each other when we're on the street. You know, do we give one certain set of people more respect than the women because those other people actually look down on the women that we could be respecting? So maybe I, I'm pretty sure I explained this. It's I think I'm done explaining that. <laughs> I think I'm over explaining it. But yeah, so that's um, that's the thing that, that this brought to mind for me. Um, and then paying attention to when we have like even friend groups and things, you know, the whole frenemy situation, that's, not, that's kind of what sings too loud sounds like she was being. She was being a little, a little biatch. Yeah, I'm gonna say it that way. Like a real one. <laughs> Not like a bad, beautiful witch. By the way, when I say bad bitch, I forgot to explain that. I had this like rap song that I like made up. And it was like, I'm not even gonna say it. But anyway, but the it's bad bad bitch stands for bad beautiful witch. <laughs> and I never actually said this. So I don't actually walk around calling anybody bitch to their face. It's uh cause to me it's I tried to change it to like bad beautiful witch. Anyway, so but this lady sounded like she was being what we would call you know, a bad word. And so, uh, yeah, she was just being, she was being rude and, um, and everything. And so it's really important that we pay attention to how we do that in our own lives, but also looking at how, um, the message behind that, that our goal or the purpose of us all being here is to continuously praise and raise each other up as we are raising ourselves up. So, um, if you're going to raise yourself up, got to also raise other people up with you. Um, for, obvious reasons but also because like who wants to be all the by themselves all the way at the top that's a lonely place to be right you got to raise up everybody with you so you can have your community at the top as well um and so yeah and, and just in general all all women's circles all men's circles everybody just needs to um inject more and more kindness and consideration uh and praising of others into their lives and you know i will say this Y'all are really good at this. <laughs> um, y'all are really good at, pre- at lifting people up because I see it. I see it a lot on the TikTok and shit. Like TikTok is really good about helping people every day, raising people up, strangers. And I really appreciate that for me as I go through my own hard time. But I'm also recognizing that it's um, it's a lesson that seems to be being learned by society right before our eyes. 11-11, wow. Um, right before our eyes that... Um, and it's one, two, three at the, on the clock too. What is happening? What I'm, maybe what I'm saying is important. Um, that I want to extend appreciation, one, for the people that I have recognized who are really great at raising up anyone in the community that they feel they're connected to. And then even anyone that they don't feel connected to, it seems like people are really extending that. Um, and so it's felt for me, so I hope it's being felt by all of you. But this could just be a great example of um, seeing ourselves as, uh, in general as a tribal family and making sure that everyone feels supported in the tribal family. Um, yeah. All right, I think that's it. <laughs> so the next thing I'm supposed to talk about 
uh, is, I'm supposed, I asked Spirit, and I was like, okay, what, am, what story am I supposed to tell? And Lord, it's, well, this is the story y'all can get today. So, um, I'm supposed to tell the story, the time where I accidentally camped in a wolf den. <laughs> and how that ended up in Cosmo magazine. So, um, yeah, so I, in, so it would have been, so when I was about to graduate from my undergrad at Oregon State, and so this would have been 2010. Excuse me. I've decided to drink more water while I'm doing this too. So I don't have like such a <clears throat> bad throat or whatever. But anyway, um, so in 2010, I decided to go on a massive road trip um, to visit all the, little, all the lakes in Southern Oregon and Northern California. So like I got friends together it was a group big group well not big big but it was a group of us that had planned on like you know one girl was in um she where was she at she was down in sacramento and another and um and i'm up in salem and we like agree we're gonna meet halfway at this one mountain that's called um it's in ashland oregon is that ashland is that what it's called i think southern oregon ashland where they have the shakespeare festival but anyway we meet up at this lake down there this mountain lake and yeah, we draw mushrooms and everything it was really fun. But as the days went on, more and more people joined the group and like met us because I was like traveling. I had like set out which maps I, or which lakes I was going to hit in that like one week. And then we were camping at everything too. It was so much fun. Oh my God. And so um, by the end of the trip, well, the end, the trip ended early for this thing that I'm about to tell you. So the trip went for like, I think we were going for like four or five days. And we, we had gone for four or five days by this point. And um, we were at, we had ended up, making the circle we so I went down into California and then came back up and we we were camping at this really beautiful like it's so stunning um it's called Crater Lake and it's in is that Crater no Clear Lake sorry Crater Lake is the um big we did hit Crater Lake too and for people who know the seven wonders of Oregon Crater Lake I've, I've been to all of them I made sure before I left that I was gonna hit all seven and I did but um this one was called Clear Lake and Clear Lake is in central Oregon it's in Bend the Bend Sun River area, area for anyone who knows Oregon. And so that area is just like wilderness. Like it is just mountains and when there's so many like, you know, towns, little towns, but Bend is like the one town. Um, and then once you leave Bend, there's, it's all like state forests, like big state forests and all this stuff. So there's all these amazing lakes and you can see the Three Sisters Mountains from this place that I'm talking about. And again, these are all for people who know Oregon at all. Um, but we're, we get to Clear Lake, and it's by this point, it's four of us now. So, because we had, we had five in the group, and then like one person went, the girl went back to California. So, so by this point, we're heading, we're trying to get back to Corvallis, and we stop at Clear Lake. And um, so we, we go, the lake is, the, so let me real fast talk about Clear Lake. Clear Lake is the clearest lake in like the state. Like this motherfucker is clear. So it's very deep, and it's all ice water from the, it's runoff from the, from the ice cap mountains that's all around it so the water is literally ice like it's so fucking cold um it's cold it's you don't want to i mean but the water is clear so the great thing about it is you can go to the clear lake and then you rent these little boats and you can row boat out on the um lake because it's massive and you can spend all day on there but you can fish and all this stuff but when you're fishing you're literally watching so i mean when i say this, this is a very deep deep lake deep very deep lake like the big trees that's the cool thing you know how you walk past a lake or a pond you see a tree go in it like fall down and into it so like massive trees were falling into this fucking lake and like you could see the whole 
bottom you could watch the lo- the the fucking side of the tree and see it go all the way to the bottom like you could be in the fucking boat and just look over the side and you're seeing everything which is insane it's sometimes i could be nerve-wracked because y- y'all know how i am with the octopus and i was not over octopus at this point so i this is why i didn't get in this fucking lake i don't do shit like that because it's fucking deep and who knows what god has put in this thing to to evolve into whatever i don't fucking know so i <laughs> i always would go with all this caution and so the four of us we get this this boat and we're rowing around and we're fishing and like you can watch the fish so it's cool like if you are into fishing um which i don't fish anymore because i always feel bad when i catch them like i just feel bad like especially if like the ones where it's like like i would catch and then throw it put it back in because like well i don't want to kill it but then it's like well the hook didn't went in its mouth and it's injured and it can feel the hook and you're putting it back in like what what's the point of fucking picking it you know um fishing it out just to wound it and then put it back in like we were doing that because it was like the the reasoning behind it sounded right but after a while i was like my heart i can't do this to these fish so anyways but the cool the cool thing about uh, if you are a fisher man or person you can fish in this lake and you can watch your bait go all the way down to the very bottom and then watch the fish come and like like you can see them coming for your bait so then that's an easy way for you to fish many people catch a lot of fish because the fish can't see you they're so deep but you can see them very clearly it's crazy um, so anyways, there's always these things about crater, not crater, clear lake, um, where when you go, people dare each other to jump in it. Cause like I said, it's ice water. It's ice fucking water. Oh my God. It's so cold. And, um, it, you can go into shock. That's the type of thing. So people don't, well, on this trip, well, on different trips, this trip, I think we did. I, we dared each other. They dared me. That's right. Yes. Okay. The one time this is what I did. It was all four of us and we went all the way to the deep end. So there's a deep, there's a part of the lake where you can see straight to the bottom. But then as you move away from where you check out your boats, because there's like two sides to this massive lake, um, on one side, it's much deeper than the other side. So it is absolutely dark. That's how, then that's where I get fucking scared. Because see, I didn't already told y'all, we got sturgeon out here. Sturgeon are these dinosaur ass fish. Bro, like what if one day a sturgeon just decided to be mad and come up and want to capsize somebody's butt? Like I was always just like, this is, this is not, they're damn near fucking little whales. <laughs> sturgeon. Like, oh. So anyways, um, but the sturgeon were in that. I'm pretty sure they had sturgeon in that lake. Yeah, there's sturgeon in there. So of course I'm terrified. I mean, what, we, what you do is, well, so sturgeon, what else am I terrified of? Octopus that, you know, is miraculously somehow going to live in this ice water. Um, some sort of maybe Loch Ness that we never heard of, but the, the, the moment I'm on the boat, um, it decides to wake up and disrupt everybody and let everybody know that it's there. Uh, like I'm just in my head, like there's so many things in this fucking water that I, so what we would do is you get a big ass half cause you're in college, everybody drink big ass half gallon or two or three or whatever. And everybody parties on these boats. And so a lot of the times you just get drunk in the sun and not even remember that, like you're scared of the fucking water. Um, so this day, though, that we went, <clears throat> I remember we, we rowboated all the way to the other end where it was the darkest part of the water. And um, I remember they dared me to jump in. And I actually, like, they all jumped in and then, you know, get the shock and then they jump, jump back in the thing. And what I did was I, like, I took my body and, like, held the side of the thing. And they were like, one, two, three. And I, like, dipped, like, my whole body, like, up to, like, maybe, like, my chest and that was so, not even my chest child, like that, once it got to my, like the mid, middle of my waist, it was like, I'm gonna die. 
It was so fucking cold. It was so cold. Like, not, I wouldn't even think about things in the water because at that point, I think it was so, I, we'd been drinking. But, like, it was the shock of the cold, y'all. That is something. Man, people be taking ice baths. Yeah, that's what this is. Maybe colder because <laughs> it's like ancient ice water. Um, but anyway, so I, like, I got to the, like, I, I didn't let go of the boat, essentially. I, like, held it, dipped, and then I, like, just came right back up and jumped in the, in the, in the canoe. And they're not even boats. They're canoe, like these metal rowboats canoe things anyway so that was me getting in the clear lake and i always said okay you know i did my little jump it was like a half little half little dip jump but anyway so after that is over we decide we're gonna find a camping spot because we never we would never camp in the places where you pay well actually no we did camp at that spot one time at that little spot where we get the boats but this time we decided we were gonna find i because it was my trip it was my graduation trip i wanted to go like and we and also this is how brian and i would camp in general is find like a very wildernessy. Well, he taught me this because I didn't. I was y'all. I'm from the city, and I didn't. I camped growing up with. Um, we camped with fucking lava lamps and blow up beds and shit. We had tents and and extension cords because we going to. Um, we not in the woods. We go into like Yogi Bear Park or the King's Dominion Park and like where there's like you know amenities and there's a fucking there's pool tables. There's a pool. There's like you know there's it's a campground. That's where I grew up camping in. And then so when I started um, dating Brian back in college, or my ex in college, he taught me this other way, which is fucking rough, 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 rough it. Y'all, I could rough it now. Like, I, well, we already know that. I, I fucking became a wild woman. It's <laughs> um, so, yeah, so anyway, so we find this, we find this, we find this, we go driving. And because what we did was like, we decided not to find our campsite when we first got there. We were like, let's just like have an adventure because also what he would do. So let's just have an adventure. And go into do have all the fun at the lake first and then we'll go find our camping spot <clears throat> so here's three cars now it was four of us so me and my my ex-husband in one car at the time we were just dating and then my my friend my friend um well I, well I won't use her name but I'll just say her name is uh Justine I don't know where the fuck Justine just came from <laughs> just what the fuck yeah, so Justine I'll just say that and then um this other guy and we'll just call him Bob <laughs> <laughs> Bob and Justine. All right, so, so, um, so we all go, and so Bob had a car, Justine had her car, and then me and Brian had a car, and we do this caravan as we driving through all these like wildernessy logging roads. That was the other thing. The big thing about Oregon, and I still miss this, is um the logging roads that you could just turn down and then go camp down. As people, this is where um Oregon is where um you know the meth camps and shit exist, where whole fucking people communities be out in the woods for like ever and just be doing drugs and live actually we came we came across a set like that one time and we they were hitchhiking and we helped them this couple and it turned out we didn't know they were very much meth people and that's a whole different story for a different that's a good story so I'll save that one <laughs> for another day but this is the one about the wolf the wolf den so um oh it's okay so that made me happy that I remember that just now because now I now I know I'm gonna tell that one because it's a really fun story um so the wolf den so uh so anyway so we, we go driving through the woods and we're all like you know drunk and everything and everybody's looking so this is not to do not drink and drive and this is not to encourage people this is fucking be we was in college and when you're in college in oregon oregon is a very alcoholy place <laughs> well it's so slow so like i guess you know when you ain't got much to do all you do is just make up shit to do which is what we did just make up shit to do because there's i don't know when there's not as much you know, it's not a city and it's not like New York where everything, there's something to do all the time. So you don't just sit around drinking. Like 
you go and do things. So anyways, this, but obviously this was also a celebration. So let me stop down in Oregon. But anyway, my, my point is, is that, uh, uh, we were crazy college kids at that point. So, um, we find this spot Well, we go down this one logging road and really, really long. And the thing is, is like, because it was summer, so many other people are camping. That's just how people in Oregon camp. Like most people in Oregon don't camp at campgrounds. Like a lot of them camp wilderness style like this. And then they create their own little campsite. But like, it's usually you can make your own, like if you find a spot in the woods somewhere, you can just go get some, some, um, some stones together and build you a fire pit and bang. So that's what we would go. I was taught by my ex-husband to go. That's how you find great camping spots. You just drive around and see where like some people have left an area and then now you can use it because the state parks are all free to camp in. <clears throat> so, um, so anyways, we go down this long road and we keep seeing that all the spots have been taken that like, there's been people that have made campgrounds or like they've even been taken or the campground was like, not the style that we wanted. Cause we wanted like to be able to party. So we end up going deep down this road, y'all deep. And then we find this turnoff and as you go down a turnoff, it's almost like turns into this own, its own like fucking driveway to this spot that goes down into just kind of down into this like small little va- either way we go down it's like this little hill that you have to go down to get into the site and it's basically a massive ring of trees and the inside of the trees is like a massive amazing camp site like the pit they some people had built a pit and i know it was college kids or something like that because they had thrown all their fucking bud light cans and shit but they had built this fire and left it see that was my first that should have been my first fucking warning was that when we driving into this spot and there's a big good fucking uh fire pit made up because those things you i know how to build a fire from scratch now so like when you buy build a fire like it's it takes time to find the right material so everything is literally in the fire pit the wood the kindling everything and it's not lit bro i remember mentioning that like wow huh that's weird and i remember one of the uh, my my ex-husband he said well now we don't got to go look for it like that's a you know like good luck for us right Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> always question bro I always fucking question that shit when you come across something and you're like hmm my spidey senses is going yeah I should have trusted my fucking spidey senses bro <laughs> all right so so we drive down in there three cars and we've been drinking all day on the water so just dehydrated as fuck and hot and sunburnt because this is so hot out there when you're on that lake and you get burned. I have so many people used to get burned. I was actually, the same guy, one of the guys, Bob, he got his, um, I watched him get blisters on his knees from sun. Don't ask me how a person's knees gets <laughs> Oh my God, sorry. <laughs> how the fuck do your knees get? <laughs> Yo, his knees blistered. When I say big blisters on the fucking knees, bro, I'd never seen it in my life. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> That was always just a curious thing, like of all the spots on your body to get a badass sunburn. How the fuck is it your knees when your all your body was out? Like, I don't know. So, so this, this so all of us a sunburn, and um, yeah, I didn't even know I could fucking burn as a black person. That's the first place I ever burnt in my life where my whole shit peeled. Oh my god, it was clear lake. <clears throat> so anyway, we go down into this camp site that's been made by people, so it's not like an official camp site. It's just like. Like I said, like kids be pulling up and they just make a fire pit. And then if there's enough space for tents, then go at it. So we drive down in there. We're like, this is a massive space. It can, it can like, this is for like maybe 20 people to be partying in. And it's just four of us. And at the time I had my little black dog, Louie. 
anybody ever knew me know Louie. Actually, Louie is, um, he was my, he was my companion animal, actually. And he, I buried him when I buried him, um, on the property that I own now. He, uh, that's where my fairy tree is. For anybody who knows, like, my fairy tree and any images they've seen of it, um, it's all started with his grave site. So anyway, um, he was with us at that time, I remember. And so, and it's important that he, he is part of the fucking story. But he was this little black chihuahua mixed dog. And he literally looked like Anubis, the goddess, the god of death. So that's what people would call him. He looks like, um, you know, uh, in Vegas, the Caesar's Palace. Isn't it Caesar's Palace? When outside of Caesar's Palace, there's like Anubis statues. That looks, that's what Louis looked like. Big, just like, not big, but he was little black and those pointy ears like that. And so um, we go down into the site. And we park our cars and we, I pitched the tent because that was always my job. So I pitched the tent and we pumping the music, getting the fire going. All right. It's like five o'clock, right? Sun is, well, it's maybe, it's maybe six-ish around here. Either way, it was because who, who, who is keeping track of time? I do everything by the, we did everything by the sun by that point. You don't look at the time. So we're looking at the sun and the sun is starting to go down when we first get there. And um, a big rule about Oregon is you got to know your wild animal shit because the wild animals are real <laughs> out there, like for real. Cause it's all wilderness. It's like massive, a massive state with so much wilderness. So they let everything free, you know, it's like all kind of shit. But um, I heard, we, we heard in a very far distance, we heard what we thought was a coyote. So like that, <clears throat> far away. So we, and we know what coyotes sound like. So we're like, all right, whatever, no. So we're, um, we're getting everything ready. We sit, we have our hot dogs, we eat everything. The sun is going down more. It's getting a little bit darker. And I'm still here. We all still hearing. And it's like they're out way out there. Like, but there is more than one. All right. So now the sun is getting down more and more. People starting to fall asleep. <laughs> like one, uh, one friend yeah, I think so. What's her name? Justine. She was getting like more and more tired, more and more tired. We're still sitting around a fire. All of a sudden we hear like that. And it's a whole lot closer, child. Like maybe an hour and a half has gone by, maybe two hours, but it's closer. And I remember looking out into the, into the mountains because we're inside the mountains, <clears throat> like deep in the mountains at this point. Like we're very in the mountains. And I remember looking out and trying to and trying to gauge like how fast they had gotten here within like where are these things going and I remember so my ex and Bob both grew up on the Oregon coast and so they both knew and grew up with a ton of like coyotes wild animal shit like they because they that's where the um national forests and stuff are too not national state forests so like and it's the wilderness so they grew up small tiny town with a bunch of woods around them they're used to hearing coyotes call so I remember as it, it was actually dark at this point now and Bob is really drunk and he yells out. He just starts um, responding. So he gets really like boisterous and howls really loud in return to these fucking things, these coyotes that are going to which they fucking respond. <laughs> like I li- we all listened to them, like listen to him on some level and then actually call back. Child, at that point, Louie goes to the tent and starts scratching at the, um, the fucking door to be let in and I'm like what what the fuck is happening all right but again see I had I think I had stopped drinking so much at that point because I was like I got hangovers really easily because I had my migraines so like when if me drinking a lot caused a whole bunch of migraine all kind of shit throwing up so so I think by that point I had either slowed down on the drinking or whatever but I noticed Louis going over to ask to go into the tent so I let him in the tent and I zipped it back down 
sitting back to the fire. Now Justine ready to pass out. So Justine go in her car. Don't ask me what, I don't even know why she went in the car, but she went in the car <laughs> to take a nap. I don't like, that's what she said. Oh, everybody's drunk. She goes in the car um, and, and falls asleep. And so now it's just me, my ex and Bob at the fire and time is going by and these things are sounding they go one more time I remember because because Bob like did the thing it was like a call and response and then we heard them one more time I heard them one more time um that and they was they was getting it was like a lot closer like it felt like I didn't know what it was but I see at that point I had no um I hadn't lived in upstate New York yet and developed my own like wild woman self so I this I'm still the like city girl that's like uh you know I've had four years in in um Corvallis um but like but this was, I wasn't used to this and I didn't know how to act in a situation where like, in my head, I'm just like, why are the coyotes still calling? Like, why are they still calling? <laughs> and why do they sound like they're getting closer to us? Um, so I remember I just, at one point I was just like, I'm going to bed. So I go in the tent and I knock out. Y'all, here's where the story fucking begin. All right. So I knock out. Now imagine they've been drinking all day, hot, all this shit. I knock out and all of a sudden in my ear very closely. I mean, I was dead asleep. And I just heard, Randa, don't freak out, but I need you to get up right now. And I did the like, like when you tell like someone coming alive from the death, like where your eyes open and you like sit straight up out of nowhere. Like, I mean, I like shot straight up, like in, instinctively. And I opened my eyes and we it was, this is the scene I'm coming to. Me and my ex and Bob are in the tent. They're sitting up looking like white, like they're white people, but they faces is looking real white sheet white. <laughs> And the light is on. Bob has on um, the lantern that I always had in the tent with us. So Bob has the tent on, light lantern on, and Louie is over sitting with Brian, and he's freaking out. And they're whispering. Like, they're not talking loud at all. And, and so I'm like, so because that's what I heard in my ear was a whisper. So I sit up, and I'm like, my heart beating. I'm like, what, the, what is happening? Oh, my God, what's happening? What's happening? <gasps> Child, and Brian, the, my ex, he says, he says, um, there's, a, there's a wolf right behind our tent right now. Oh, Jesus, God. <laughs> Black people, child. Oh, my God. Look, if you hear that ever in your life, bro, I don't even... <laughs> oh, my God. The fact that, like, yeah. Like, what do you fucking... How do you... My heart. It was like, went into end up my eyeballs. Like, I didn't even... I'm reliving it because it was... <laughs> like, the fear of fucking God, beyond God, came over me at that point. Because this is what we did. I had pitched the tent. And I had pitched the tent right up against this tree. And here's what he's saying. It's right behind the tree. Oh, Jesus. So I know how fucking close this thing is. And um, then I hear it. Uh, I hear a whoop, whoop. And it's from not the one from behind the tree, but from the one that's on the other side. Because I told you it was like a ring of trees. So it's like, let's say like, and they're big trees. Big, big, big. Because you know Oregon. Huge, huge fucking um, evergreen trees. So these trees were massive. And um, he's like, oh, no, so I hear this, um, when he says there's something behind our tent right now, I then hear, like that, like a weird one, but it was in our sight. It was like behind one of the other trees. Basically, it sounded like it was coming from over by um, Justine's car, like one of those trees. Oh, Jesus. So so I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm like, what do we fucking do? Like, what do we fucking do? Like, oh my God, like, like what the fuck? What the fuck? And I'm thinking, like, the dog. Like, they want the fucking dog. Like, they can probably smell this dog. Oh, God. You know, and all our fucking hot dogs and shit. And so we sit in there, and um, and they, 
starts explaining to me that while they were out there, they heard them coming closer and closer and that they all came in the tent and they went to sleep. I, I don't know if they told me this like right on the spot, but this is what happened. Um, that they came in and they went to, they started to go to sleep, but then they heard the one from behind the tent that's like right next to the tent make a howl, like a, a but not a howl howl. It was like the wind, I guess when, when wolves get closer to each other, obviously they don't need to be like howling. So they were just talking in these like, like that. And it did that from behind the tent. And that's what made them realize that these things is fucking coming down into this spot that we had. So I said, okay, well, how fucking money is it? Like, what the fuck? What do we do? And I'm like, oh shit, Justine is in her car. Like, Justine is over there in the car. And in my head, I'm thinking that wolves can like somehow open the door <laughs> and drag her out. <laughs> like, that's what I'm, my brain is like. Oh my God, she's not safe. She's the safest one. Oh, my fuck, we in this fucking tent that they could rip to shreds in a second if they wanted to. <laughs> oh my God. So, so we, so we make a quick plan. And my ex, he goes, all right, Bob, you go out there, you make a rad, <laughs> a mad dash to the tent or to the, the fire pit and everything we fucking have left as burnable, just throw it in the fire, just get the fire back on. And cause he's like, because they came down once the fire, st- cause they, the, the guys always sit out until the fire goes out and then they come in or they, you know, and he's like, they, they got closer as the fire was dying down. And so he says, I think that if we get the fire going again, they'll, they'll, you know, be scared. So I'm like, well, what the fuck do I do? Like, what the fuck? And he's, and you know, my ex is like, I'm going to go and I'm going to go get the car and I'm going to go um, try and get the car down and blah, blah, blah. Actually, no. What was the plan? Yeah. Okay. That. And then, no, no, no. This was the plan. Sorry. Sorry. No, that was the plan. That was the plan. And then um, I'm supposed to pack up everything inside the tent. But let me reverse. The first thing he actually did say for us to do was not, it was for, so it was for Bob to go and fill, throw everything in the fucking fire. I'm supposed to make a mad dash to my truck because at the time I had a CRV and I'm supposed to open the doors, turn on the radio really high and open up all the doors and shine the, the, um, the brights on. So bro, this is for anybody that's ever like stuck in the wilderness like that and got, but you got your car like, and you got some shit like that, turn on the radio at the highest. And that's so, so anyway, so, and we're like, you know, and then Bob is supposed to run to his car and do the same thing. And I was like, but what about Justine and he and so somebody you got to go wake up Justine all right <laughs> so ah now we go one two three break we everybody jumping out of the fucking thing and running <laughs> and the dog Louie stays in the fucking tent obviously he's smart as fuck he went inside the fucking this dog went inside of the the the, the sleeping bag and burrowed all the way to the bottom that's how he knew like <laughs> that's how much he smelled these fucking things um so I make a rad mad, rad mad dash to my truck and I you know open all the car doors up front and back turn on all the fucking lights, turn the radio on all the way on, on high. And I shine my brights and my brights are shining right at the like opening. It turns out I had pointed, I didn't realize I had parked my car and had pointed it right directly at like the opening where they all would come in from the other side, from like the wood side. And so I turn my lights on and I just start staring at like, holy shit, these motherfuckers are like right there. Like they're right there behind all these trees. They're hiding behind the trees right now, but like so, so it worked. I didn't actually get to, thank God I didn't see any eyes. You could hear them. They were obviously there, but I didn't see them. So anyways, I, uh, so I turn all this on and then I run to, to Justine's car. And this is the, oh God, I'll never forget this. I run to her car and I open it and I, I like, she's passed the fuck out. And I like grab her shoulders. I'm like, Justine, Justine, <laughs> we gotta get up. We gotta get up. And she like, like sits up with her head very like, 
um what's those bobblehead things you know the bobbleheads that you put in your car and the heads kind of like jiggle back and forth on the like little um statue she sat up like that with her head like rolling and she was like huh and I was like we gotta go there's wolves (laughs) the wolves are here (laughs) the wolves are here and she looked she like opened her eyes and she just goes tell me something about yourself (laughs) this bitch I drank so much (laughs) and I'm like what just see what she just goes again tell me something about yourself (laughs) what so I like smack her face (laughs) like wake the fuck up bitch oh my god that was funny and um yeah she woke up and I was like girl and so I'm like oh my god like you gotta get up we gotta some like grab her keys turn her car on and turn that the radio on here comes Bob running over he's like I can't find my car keys <laughs> oh shit and and here's my ex trying to just get the fire big and going again like we're just fucking sitting ducks for a pack of fucking wild animals right now bro so he's Bob, I can't find my car keys, so he can't open the car. He, he can't, because he was drunk as fuck. He was drunk as one as all, of all, whatever. And I, so, so now everybody's like, fuck, we got to fuck, because we can't leave now at this point. We have to leave. Like, we realize, like, when we turn all the lights on and shit, it becomes very apparent we are in a fucking wolf den. And these motherfuckers was gone for the day, and they they back for nighttime. And they find us in they, they tent, or their, their spot. Um, so, I, I, you know, like, we have to leave now. Like, we can't stay here. <laughs> but um, we can't get into one of the cars. So here's now us running around on the ground. We end up finding his keys on the ground and start his car up. And, um, and then now it's time to, like, take down the tent. Lord, we take everything down, all this stuff. It took us, like, a full, just one hour to get everything up. An hour from the time that I woke up, we was driving out of that motherfucker. And it was 3 in the morning. <laughs> It was three in the fucking morning when we finally got out of that that spot. Oh, my God. So here we go now driving. Well, one of us. So Justine was too drunk to drive. So somebody else had to drive her car. (laughs) But we ended up driving and like we were in central Oregon. We ended up driving all the way back to like Corvallis to Salem. No, that was Salem at that point. And um, ending the trip like two days early because of the fucking wolves. All right, a couple of days later goes by, and I'm watching TV, and I'm watching the news, and child, they have the fucking news on saying that there was this mass, and they had a picture of it, an aerial picture of all these wolves. It was terrifying to watch. It was so powerful, but terrifying to know that you... mm. But it was like hundreds of wolves are just migrant. They had this crazy mass migration from Idaho, and they came from the Idaho mountains, and they were now in the central, or they're coming through that side, eastern Oregon, and they're coming into central. And so they, people didn't know what to do about it. Actually, it was funny, funny enough, years later when I ended up moving out of Oregon, we were driving out of Oregon that direction. So we went through central Oregon again and came and went out up through Idaho. And all when we got to Idaho, there was all these signs, billboards of how there's a, a, a wolf, like essentially like manifestation happening in their state. And there's permission to people. Anyone has a rifle that sees one can kill it. Ciao. I was like, this is fucked what the fuck? Who, 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 who approved this shit? I mean, I get, I get it on some level, but I guess because farmers are, Idaho has so many farmers and shit, but like, I just didn't appreciate driving by seeing whole billboards over and over again with wolf pictures, these beautiful animals. And then like, like caricature things or like cartoons or whatever to shoot and kill them upon sight. If you wanted it, that even saying it out loud right now, makes my stomach turn. Like we gotta do something about this. (laughs) society we can't just be out here doing that shit again but anyway so but that's that's what ended up happening so i'm seeing the sign on the way out so now rewind back to 2010 
I'm sitting watching the news and I'm seeing this mass migration and I'm like, holy fucking shit. We were actually being stalked by fucking wolves. <laughs> Crazy. All right. So we all like keep that in our back pocket as a story. Oh, we, you know, we tell people we like, oh, that's a, that's a funny story that like, you know, we accidentally camped in a wolf den. Da, 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 da. Now, years later, was it years later? Yeah, it was years later when I'm living in Portland. Um, and actually it was funny enough. I didn't. Well, OK, so I was living in Portland and a friend of ours, she, her name is Kelly Williams Brown, actually. And I, I, I think I um, posted her book online once. But um, yeah, her book was adulting called adulting and um is a bestseller she's incredible so anyway um I knew her I know her personally and so she was at the time writing for Cosmo magazine and so but she was make she was doing this article on couples successful couples who last like long-term couples and what's your secret to success now we all know the truth now of what my shit was <laughs> but when you got to be an actor and you tell you you lie to yourself and shit you make it through things whatever so I was of all the people that any of us knew, me and my ex-husband had the like most quote healthiest relationship that anyone had ever seen for people our age. Now, a lot of that was me acting and him following suit or a lot of stuff, but we came off to everybody as the perfect couple. So anyway, so we, she, she called me cause she's like, I got all these people who, um, who like, uh, are singles. Like I know so many singles, but I need to find people who are in long-term relationships and that the relationship's actually working. So, um, so she calls me and I, my answer to her, I said, Oh, well, it's, it's all about, I guess having fun is really important. Like doing things together and like having fun, making sure that you're doing like, uh, adventures, going on adventures together is really important. And so I was like, I actually went on this one adventure. I go on adventures all the time, but I went on this one adventure where we accidentally camped in a wolf den. And so there on the phone, I tell her the same story I just told y'all, child. And then it goes away. And I just didn't even think about that after that. I was just so happy that I knew somebody that, that I could tell that story to and that apparently it was going to be in, in, I didn't even know if it was going to make it into mag, the magazine at the time. I just knew I was telling her that story and that she was right. So anyways, I think like how much longer went by? Maybe six months or so. I don't know, some, a very long time went by. And I completely forgot about even giving her that interview. I get, I'm on Facebook one day and my friend, the one who I told y'all that died, her name was Fatima. Or, well, they also, her name was Fatima. But um, I, I, I knew her as Fatima. So she was, like I said, she was like a superstar that never made it to be a superstar. This girl was a walking, fucking talking superstar. And she loved her some, like, she followed everything, fashion, everything, all the celebrity lives, every fucking thing. She was just, she was, she was an it girl. Uh, yeah, Fatima was a fucking it girl, bro. Anyways, I'm on Facebook and I get a tag from her. And it's a picture of Cosmo Mag. Like she has, like, so her hand is on the actual print magazine and she has a picture open and she's typing. Uh, the thing is about how her, her friend Randa is in Cosmo Magazine. I was like, what the fuck? And I go read it. And yeah, I'm, I'm in that edition that, um, whatever, whichever year it was. And here's Kelly's telling my story of, um, of camping in the wolf day. <laughs> and never mentioning that um and using my quotes or whatever and so I was like oh my god that's amazing but I never actually got I never so I got to know that I was in and I got to see it from online from her having the Cosmo magazine but I never actually acquired one um so I never actually saw it in person but that that's what I well I guess that's not the first time that's happened actually there's like uh, several things I have accomplished that I've never gotten to see the the fruit of like so I was in Cosmo magazine 
but nobody ever, yeah, that happened. <laughs> and then, um, I was also, uh, um, I also had my face on a, on every, like I was talking about, face on every gondola of Sephora in the country in Canada and, uh, in the, in the Times Square one even. And the one, my, it was, a, I was, um, I did a modeling thing or I had become, I was a brand ambassador for this, uh, makeup company, Artist, Ardency Inn. I don't even know if they're still making makeup, but Ardency Inn, um, was this little, um, makeup company that I was a brand ambassador for. And I got, that's that 15,000 I told you about a long time ago where I didn't, um, where I ended up not seeing if I can dime that shit myself. But anyway, I didn't also, I also didn't get to see the picture ever in person. Um, everyone, a lot of my family would go around and they would like, everyone went to the Sephora, like a Sephora and took a picture of themselves, like with my picture and like would send it to me. So that's how I got to experience it. I get to experience a lot of my life through other people experiencing my thing the thing that I did but I don't I'm not being paid for it or getting to actually experience it myself <laughs> that's crazy yeah there's been a couple of things like that like uh, uh, yeah like the walk against rape in Nigeria I don't know if anybody that's if anyone listening to this <clears throat> has ever heard of that it's a nat it's now a very prominent activist thing that happens every year I guess in Nigeria the walk against rape I founded that I started that <laughs> <laughs> the girl, the woman, her, her name's Esther. Oh, I don't remember her last name. But that was a class project that um, in college, me and some, it was me and four other women, we came up with this um, idea to do for one of our fem women's studies classes. We had to do a, an activism project. And I chose, I'm, I came up with the term walk against rape. And I was like, we should do a, a silent walk where we walk around town and we have stats, like very, um, very knee jerk, Stat, stats written on posters about rape and about like the actual statistics of rape and what it's like for people and all, to, to educate the public. And, um, and the four of us, we literally did that. And then we, we, it became a thing we did every year in the town. We did it like three times, but what we would do is we would start on campus. You know, I would get a bunch of other sponsors and stuff involved first, but I would start on campus with a small group. And then as we would walk through town, we would walk all the way through fucking Corvallis all around and everything. People, uh, it was recorded, people would join all of a sudden, like we sometimes, one time we had 50 people walking behind us at one point because people would just like, just see what was the signs that we were holding up and actually just walk with us. And it was a silent protest. It was beautiful. It was the most powerful fucking thing I think I've ever um, come up with <laughs> and done. And so we, so it, be, it was recorded one time, videotaped, and I put the video on Facebook. This was way back when Facebook was still new. And uh, so it would have been 2008, 2007 sometime around that and um and this woman who this woman Esther she contacted me and she said um I just want to I want to let you know that I love this idea and she was like I am starting it in Nigeria and then she invited us she's like I would love for you all your group the four of you to come and walk the first one with us so I then go to the women's studies department in Oregon State and I'll tell you this is how racism works is I went to the women's studies department at Oregon State and I was like, there is a, there are people in Nigeria, there's about to be a big national walk that we, your students created. Can you please send us for there? And they said, no, we can't afford to send you guys anywhere. So no. Oh, okay. Child, within the next two or three years, that thing became so big that celeb Nigerian celebrities walk it every year. It was like, like million, like thousands, thousands of people now 
do this thing. And Esther is the founder of it in Nigeria. Um, and I always vowed after that, after they fucking told me that, I remember walking away and being like, this is a fucking racist ass school because this is huge, what I'm telling them. But because it's fucking Nigeria, they're being about this. Now, if it was like Spain, you know, France, oh, they would have found that money out they assholes. They would have found it, but you know. So, um, so I always vowed one day I'm gonna fucking walk that walk. So I kept in contact with Esther. I always kept, we haven't, we haven't spoken in years, but like I always kept in contact with her in some level, like LinkedIn or some shit. Cause I was like, one day I'm walking that fucking walk against rape that, that we started on a college campus in tiny ass Corvallis, Oregon. And now so many people walk it in this other country and it's become so huge. It's televised even. Um, but yeah, that, that was something that me and these girls started. And uh, that's the, I swear to God, like, uh, it's like this list of things. I sued Harvey Weinstein. Y'all want a settlement against Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Bro, Harvey fucking Weinstein. I won a settlement against him and I never got to use the money or tell anyone. That was the abuse. I was not allowed to tell anyone that I had won a fucking whole ass whole ass settlement against the Harvey Weinstein for stealing our music and putting it in a commercial that now if you if you go and get the if you go and watch Silver Linings playbook on DVD or Blu-ray anywhere the first thing that you see is a commercial of Harvey Weinstein's girlfriend at the time uh, a commercial for her fashion line and she's talking everything and the song playing is ours mine and we were not paid for that. And so we sued them and won. And I was never allowed to use the money. So that money, that money gone. But yeah, that's one of, how many things I just list now <laughs> that, like, that I've accomplished and not seen the, um, re- reap the wo- reward for? Um, it makes for great stories, but I, I do recognize that that's something that um, is a powerful thing because, well, it inspires me because I always know that like, well, it shows me that I can come up with, crazy things and that they are meant for this world um but yeah it also does like you don't walk around telling people all these things that you've done it makes you not like tell people because it's like well if you'd never had the I don't know either way (laughs) that's me sharing these crazy stories I don't know how I got oh from Cosmo magazine because I never got to see the Cosmo thing I also never got to see the the fucking Sephora thing and then the walk against rape and now Harvey Weinstein (laughs) Um, so anyway, before I died, I felt like I should probably tell that story of, or the stories of, um, these types of things, because it's to encourage other people too. Like you can do incredible things. Um, if you just, just, if you put your mind and to, to, to decide to be open to, um, like adventure, I think that like spontaneity adventure and becoming like a yes person where you just like, like I'll just have whole days where I'll uh, be like, it's a yes day. So I'll say yes to everything. Well, I th- where did we get that from? I got that from a movie. What was that? Um, was Hangover? The Hangover? Yeah, The Hangover. Yeah, having a yes day. That became like a thing. So it would be like go- going on a trip. Like, all right, let's have a yes day. We're going to have a yes trip. And so just say yes to everything that you're offered and just see where that takes you. And child, having yes days are amazing. You have so many crazy things that can happen in a yes day that are so like you never you'll never forget um and that make for amazing stories so it's 55 minutes now oh my god okay so i've been talking for a while um i love y'all that i think that was all i was supposed to share i I don't know if there was any channel there was no channeling that happened there just now there's no lesson but i think i was just supposed to share all that 
for some reason. I don't know. But I was, I even asked spirit too. I was like, why the fuck am I supposed to tell about the wolf den? Like what spiritually can that do for anyone? Eh, who knows? I hope y'all enjoyed this, <laughs> this story time. I think this is one of my longest ones. Um, I love y'all and uh, I will see y'all tomorrow. <laughs> Blessed be.